you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Breeze steps away and then throws a complete duck that gets intercepted by Coleman at the 45-yard line. The second goal, and this time he dives in. Stewart for the touchdown. And that kick is blocked. And now you got Keekley. He stays in bounds. Could go all the way. Newton stepping up in the pocket, under pressure, throwing, and Ted Ginn. It's his first touchdown of the season. What a catch. Al Michaels, a little more enthused with this Thursday night's highlights. Panthers get a much-needed victory, 23-20. to I'm Greg Rosenthal alongside Chris Wessling. We're going to get to Dan Hansis, Mark Sessler, preview all the Week 11 games in just a minute. But, Wes, I got to say, it, it feels like no one won this game. You know, the Panthers got a much-needed victory, and yet they lose Luke Keekley to a concussion. They lose Ryan Khalil to a shoulder injury. They lose Mario Addison to a foot injury, and they barely hang on to a 20-point lead. And so I come out of this game thinking maybe just both these teams are star-crossed this year, and it's not happening for them. I think that's a fair response. This was a Pyrrhic victory for the Panthers. <laughs> Luke Keekley would get... All of the attention because that was one of the more poignant moments we've seen on a football field. He was shaking, tears were in his eyes, and it looked like he almost he was hyperventilating a little bit out there. He was distraught as he was being carted off the field. But Mario Addison has been their best best pass rusher with five sacks in the last three games. And Ryan Khalil is their best offensive lineman. That looked like he was going to have to play with a harness to get through the game tonight, and it's not a good sign that he couldn't make it through. No, and their offensive line was – Really bad without him the last few weeks, and the offense basically stopped moving the ball once he left the game on Thursday night. Three straight, three and outs uh, up until their final drive, third and ten. Give Cam Newton credit, you know, not his best game of the season, but I think typical of what we've seen from Cam over the last month. 
they, they just kind of count on him to make a couple spectacular plays, and on third and ten, under some pressure, he makes a great throw into the zone to Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, but they also could have lost this game. If you look at it, you, you kind of can make the case the Saints outplayed him. I mean, they outgained him by 150 yards, and they had a totally bizarre 10-point swing at the end of the first half, and that's why I'm saying maybe it's just not in the cards for the Saints this year. When you get a blocked extra point to lose a game and then a blocked field goal, which which ultimately helped them lose this game in back-to-back weeks after you get to 4-4, four and four, I mean, maybe it's not your year. Yeah, I, 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 that 10-point swing was huge. The blocked kick, and then Luke Keekley almost took it back. Bad James Bray, terrible. Yeah, bad, bad James Bradbury pushing the back to Will Lutz, who sold it like a European soccer player. <laughs> uh, and I think you know the Panthers just couldn't. This is, I just think this was such a tough win for them with the injuries. I, I it's hard to see them climbing out of a four and six hole. No, because they go, they they need to be playing really well because they go to Oakland and they go to Seattle the next two weeks. You're not going to win those two games. And that's why I think I know I'm a, I'm biased here because I do like, you know, watching the Saints. I root for them. But I think everyone loses here because it would have been more interesting for the average fan to have this Saints team, which has shown some things. This is the best Saints de- that we've seen out of the Saints defense in a while. They're not great, but they're okay. You know, they're they're pressuring the passer. You could have seen this team at 5-5 five and five being an interesting team in the wild card mix or 6-4 and four if they'd lost won the last couple weeks and so there's a temptation to say okay the better team lost but you know what the better team had Drew Brees turn the ball over in the first half twice for the second straight week dig themselves a hole the offense didn't do anything you know the better team supposedly uh, had some killer turnovers Brandon Coleman dropped a touchdown that ended a drive in the first uh, uh, dropped a big pass that ended a drive in the fourth quarter you know, uh, Kobe Fleener fumbled the ball that took away a first down in the red zone. They made a lot of mistakes. They made a lot of turnovers, and that's that's kind of who they are. They'll be two or two and a half games back at the number six seed mm. in the wild card hunt. One thing they do have going for them is a really easy schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. They host, host the Rams and Lions the next two weeks, and they have the Buccaneers twice to close out the season. So that but that to me makes it even more frustrating that they didn't uh win one of these two games and and the whole the whole game was weird that they took such a methodical approach late in the game going all the way to the end of the play clock when they're on the 5-yard line with 3 minutes left and they get the touchdown but they burned 5 minutes it was like the Donovan McNabb Super Bowl drive and, uh, you know, they kicked a field goal when they were down 20 to make it 17. It all almost worked. If they get Cam Newton down on the ground on that third and long, you know, maybe we're saying Sean Payton's a genius. But it was it was a strange, a strange game to take all that time. It was. That That's it. That's that's a sign. This one's over. Let's go uh, talk about some great week 11 matchups with the man, Dan Hansis. Keep pile, dude. The Around the NFL podcast. Wishes you weren't a liar. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Get your finger out of my face. Get your finger. A lot of tension around Greg being touched and singled out by Dan physically. Uh, I'll single Greg out for that sweater shirt combination. Look at that thing. 
That is. Hey, just don't try to take the attention off of your uh, Marine Corps hoodie over there. Whatever's going Corps. on. That's, that's big red. That's how Mark described that's it. No, now I the said iconic. it's, it's sure. the he's been shot out of a man cannon combination. <laughs> and it's true. He looks like a grizzled former military dude who just like now cuts down trees and like eats huge meals. And lives <laughs> solitary lifestyle meal. after what he saw in the war. Oh, he's seen a lot. Until the colonel comes to find him and says, we need you again. These eyes. Yeah. When was your last meal, Mark? <laughs> this week? Or? About an hour ago. <laughs> 1997. Don't try to take attention off your 1984 dad sweater shirt combination. <laughs> it's Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> this is the uh, Thursday, late Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored by Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. At the top of the show, you heard uh, Greg and... Wes, break down New Orleans at Carolina. Um, and now we have more games to get to. A lot of games to get to. Week 11, folks. Here we are. By the way, don't think I haven't noticed. Uh, Wes rolls in today with a notebook, a journal almost, uh, which seems like there's a competition breaking out now. <laughs> Mark has uh, – can you hold it up for people watching? Mark has a blue mead notebook. Well, this part of the show I don't believe is seen by anyone for okay. what it's worth. All right, that's right. That's so like Mark has out. a Mark has a blue notebook, <laughs> but just for the heck of it. Uh, Wes now is countered with a beautiful bound mahogany <laughs> book, and and Greg has his old standby uh, a little paper notebook. It all reminds me a little bit of American Psycho with the business cards. Look at that subtle off-white coloring. I. Th- tasteful thickness of it oh my god it even has a watermark you guys are really getting excited about well that. i if, like it it's a competition you know in this analogy I, I would be patrick bateman and you'd be his his little flunkies because i'm going back you know five six years on on this same notebook it's it's not even a humble brag coming from greg greg's well, got boxes at home filled with his old notebook <laughs> if you really <laughs> that's true actually 10 years i guess it's like mike malarkey's trick play tapes <laughs> And uh, if you really want to uh, connect American Psycho, they're talking about Paul Allen's business card. That's Later right, gets Paul Allen. murdered with an axe to the head by either Wes or Mark. So it, you are in deep trouble. If the you owner are. of the Seahawks? Paul Allen? Different Paul Allen. Oh. And if you dig into Greg's notebook, if you open to just a random page, just repeats over and over, I am good at my job. I am good at <laughs> wow. my job. I am good at my job. All right. Is that true? That would be weird. Okay. Says Jameis Winston is every bit as good as Marcus Mariota. Right there on page three. <laughs> um, I love that heat. The Winston-Mariota heat between the scientists always. Not at all tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we got a lot of games to get to. Uh, so why don't we dig in, folks? Let's have some fun. Let's talk some football. And we'll start, gentlemen, in Big D. Because that's – listen – like it or not, that has become the center of the NFL universe uh, this season. The Dallas Cowboys now 8-1. and one. They got the great team. They got the great human interest story with Tony Romo. And now they welcome in the Baltimore Ravens, who, you know, a team that is in first place, uh, Mark Sessler, but not necessarily a, a, a team that you would say is uh, really a first place team in a lot of ways when you think about who would be on top of a division. You're telling me I think that Baltimore is not a, a real first-place type team? Yeah. Do you agree I, or I, You know, there are these teams every year that win these divisions, and you know, the AFC North for the first time in a long time does not stand out as the premier one, but the acid test 
is beating Dallas because this is a team that executed Cleveland with no effort at all and won a thriller over the Steelers. And they've got a running back in Ezekiel Elliott that even though Baltimore comes into this with the number one ranked rushing defense, I'm not sure that matters. We haven't seen anyone get a grip on Ezekiel Elliott on any level. There's a lot of tape out on this guy. There's a lot of different ways to potentially attack him. No one has slowed him down. I mean, it's devastating what he did to the Steelers last week. So that, to me, is the matchup. Can Baltimore's defense, which has been quite promising, finally slow this guy down? Seems like every week we have a new uh, number one rushing defense in the NFL, and then they get exposed by someone. There's no Who else other than the Packers? The Packers were always kind of paper tigers, and people were excited when these two teams The first. Panthers are right there in yards per carry. I just think these defenses are all pretty good, and the Cowboys are historically great mm. ground attack right now. You don't see what Ezekiel Elliott is doing. You don't see that every year. I think the Ravens' defense has a chance to give Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott definitely more Prescott Real problems. I don't think it's a fluke. I think they're a legitimate top five defense. They don't get a lot of love because it's more about the team defense. It's not superstars. People aren't going to get excited about Brandon Williams and Timmy Jernigan. Terrell Suggs is playing better now. I wouldn't be surprised at all. This is you know, a game, Mark, where you could be very annoyed on Twitter because people are making little Dak... Tony Romo cracks. Everyone thinks, oh, okay, it's over. Well, it's over until he has a bad half against a really good defense. And it wouldn't surprise me if he had a bad half against a really good defense. Well, they'd have to factor in the fact that this is a good defense that they're playing. Baltimore is not not a fluke on any Ranked level. Ranked number but, one. Well, absolutely. But I don't – I mean, a lot of that stuff, it's like let's – this is the time of year where we'll find out who the great defenses are, you know, from here on out. That's part of it. But, you know, the Ravens, to me – I, look, I, I understand they can give they can give the Cowboys a tough time, but Dak Prescott's dug himself out of some holes in previous games. He got an, he had an ugly turnover against the Steelers early and came back to show that wouldn't shake his confidence. So there's a long leash on Dak Prescott. I don't think it's going to change things. I'll, I'm not saying Twitter is logical. I'm well, just that, saying people are going. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to hear some cracks like right after this Romo thing happens because I, it wouldn't surprise me if this game is very tight. Why not? That's kind of the, the Ravens, style they play. The Ravens are a much better defense at home than than the road. And they're going on the road. This isn't Cody Kessler and Josh McCown. Right. It's Dak Prescott. And it's how about, how about and Ben Roethlisberger, Bryant. who they made look completely inept for you know what should have been the entire game. That counts. I mean, see right. you do it against the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, it'll be tough. It, the good thing is the Ravens' offense has to play, and that's a, that's a problem for them. Mark, you feel very strongly about this game, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> for the first time since roughly – Early October. I'm locking it up. He's locking lock it, up. it up. I'm locking it up. In a big spot? In a big spot. A huge spot. Oh, yes. <laughs> turn it. Turn the crank. Leave it there. Put it that out. safe. Whatever's in that safe, it's staying in there. Wait, you're picking the Ravens? I am picking the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I didn't say it's the upset of the week. Wow, you're really looking to get off the, the schneid. Well, he, oh, how can you be fine. on the schneid when you literally <laughs> haven't picked a lock in a I month? I don't even exist. This should be this a concept. super lock. It counts four times since that's the last time I like you've that. made a lock. I like that the Cowboys pressure. have really replaced the Vikings as your personal team of ATL. Well, look at I mean, just quite a turnaround. You've never been a big fan of Big D. Well, you know, listen, they, whatever, Dan. Like when, if you want, if you want to look at it, the Cowboys are the most fun team to watch, and it's not just their offense. I think the way their offense operates, their defense has been incredibly opportunistic, even with some injuries in the secondary. Big plays last week, and they'll do it again. They uh, they run, they get to the ball so fast, and. It's crazy. I don't think people re- like 
understand how bad this Ravens offense is, that it's been worse this year than it really was after Joe Flacco got hurt last year. Like that that's it's wild to think about that with all this talent on the team that it's it's really performing worse than the Ryan Mallett offense we saw. Yikes. At least Joe Flacco got paid. Uh let's move on uh and talk about an AFC North showdown, the Pittsburgh Steelers at four and five. They need a win to stay alive, and they are very lucky because they are playing the only team in the NFL without a win, the 0-10 Cleveland Browns. Mark Sessler, uh, the Steelers haven't had a five-game losing streak since 2009. Do you think there's any way the Browns keep it going for Pittsburgh? I mean, barring, you know, they usually take buses to Cleveland from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Barring one of the buses just going right off the highway into a lake of, you know. Fire. A burning <laughs> Burning forest right into a I saw lake. fire coming out of your well, mouth, so I thought maybe I'd finish it. There's no way. I don't know. If you're Cleveland and you look what just happened against a bad offense in Baltimore and Cleveland's own inability to prevent turnovers on offense, you put in Josh McCown and he's a turnover machine, and you're not scoring a lot of points with Cody Kessler. So the question is, all right, you want to keep this a low-scoring game? Cleveland has completely given up on their own ground game. They have not done anything on the ground in a month plus. And so how do you stop Antonio Brown with one of the worst secondaries in the league? How do you stop Le'Veon Bell with one of the worst rushing defenses in the league? And how do you stop Big Ben? You don't. That's how. It's fair. Steelers are still searching, though. I mean, this is a game where I think they— They'll find it this week. Right. They, they should. <laughs> and they found it offensively for the most part last week, but they're still trying to figure things out. I mean, remember Sammy Coates? No. Remember that guy? I remember Kobe Hamilton. He played two snaps last week. You know, well, where, Eli Rogers Mark? has been interesting. He's been okay. I mean, they're, they're getting Ladarius Green into the mix. I think he could be a factor this week. It would be good if he was a factor. They, they've really missed, the more I think about it, Martavis Bryant, even more than, than we really expected. Right, because the number two and three receivers are supposed to be Marcus Wheaton, Sammy Coates, and they've been working their way in and out of the doghouse all year. Right, Wheaton, Wheaton's hurt. Kobe Hamilton's a guy who was on their practice squad a few he's weeks moved ago. He's so slow. Now he's playing ahead of Coates, who has What about Ladarius Green? Here we go. Yeah. Get I excited? like Jesse James. Yeah. I mean, how about play better than Jesse James if you're Ladarius Green? Um, Mark. Yeah. I think it's fair now to talk about it now that we're at the double-digit mark. Uh, we're going to move the P scale over to you. Your P scale on the Browns and 0-16. One, your pants, totally dry. You don't even have to weigh underpants because I know you don't like to weigh underpants. <laughs> so you just wear your jeans, totally free and in the clear. Ten. Pees everywhere through well, the pants. I mean, got to get new pants. Yeah, I mean, start wearing underpants or even a diaper. Okay, the presumption is that I'm scared of them going 0 16, or that it would really yeah. bother me. You don't want them to go. I don't want them to. You don't it's, want it's it. not really something that's heavily on my radar. It is entirely possible. You look at their schedule, and there's I, no game. There's no 49ers sitting out there. But the way the yeah. NFL works, I'd say Cleveland gets one win this season. Greg, I think I, think I know what you're thinking. Go ahead. Well, Dan wants me to mix it up. With no, I'm not going, mixing it up. But I'm I not mix it up. I, I don't buy that. It wouldn't bother you. I think it would no, bother it, you immensely. It would bother me. You take me, these but losses I, hard. It's, I don't blame you I, for that. I guess that. where I'm sitting at right now, my <laughs> P scale is, is at a two because okay. I really think you're going to get a win at some one. point. Okay. And I want to say one, for, all the, for this front office in Cleveland that's getting absolutely killed, there is one player I thought in the Baltimore game that stood out and they've got him for very little, and that's Jamie Collins. He played a good game against the Ravens. He looks so much better than any other player on their defense. You've got to keep drafting guys like mm. that now. Hopefully they can keep him. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if the Browns bounce back offensively. The Steelers are now a team I think you can look at, like if you're in fantasy, for instance, and you think that's a plus matchup. That's a bad defense. 
Yeah, but they, Cody they, Kessler's still Cody Kessler. Right, but, but we've no, I don't think they're going to win. I think the Steelers will win by a lot. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns put up some points. They did earlier in the season. This is a all I'm saying is this this team has no pass rush. Cameron Hayward is now out for the season. Browns quarterback got benched after two quarters. They're two best hurry. Yeah, but that was against a good defense, and the Steelers are a bad defense. Their top two guys in terms of hurries and hits are on their defensive line, which is not how it's supposed yeah, to happen. You got a factor in Cleveland. They have no edge rushers on that team. Yeah, That's all I'm fi- saying. They could find edge rushers against Cleveland's line, though. <laughs> this, the, the offensive line is a huge issue in Cleveland. The the narrative has been in place now, and I agree with it that this season for the Browns isn't about wins or losses, but from a franchise standpoint, you just don't want that black mark on you where you're always oh, brought up as one of the winless. That's They've like, got enough things that are brought up about exactly. them every this year. You're right. You're right, right near the top of it the would, right. It would be tough once All you right, get to the like, last two weeks or so. It's like yeah. 340th in the black mark against the Browns. Like It's not even at the top of the list of what yeah, the Browns are. I don't know. Don't know. Only one well, team ever has done it. Well, it would be fresh. That's the problem. You're a two right now. A two. I'm not okay. saying it's staying there. I'm mark sitting at a two. Okay. Hopefully... Like I said, I want them off the schneid. Hopefully it happens this week. Let's move on. Jacksonville at Detroit. You know, I really am dead serious about the uh, relegation for the Jaguars. I think it would be good for the league and it would maybe wake them up a little bit. Uh, But it's not going to happen, so we get to watch them for another seven weeks. Well, how about London? I mean, Jacksonville fans that are listening to this won't like it. They don't like that. But they're the logical team eventually. I think that would have, have to happen after the next collective bargaining agreement, I mean, which pr- is five years. The problem is how not. does that make them a better team? No, it wouldn't. But I'm just saying, that there's a if, if you were taking odds, they would be the heavy favorite. What do, yeah, why don't we establish a minor leagues finally in the NFL, send them to the minor leagues, make them win the minor league Super Bowl, and then they can come back. Here's the it's problem. Hurtful. Your Jets and my Browns will be sitting right in oh. that minor league too, so don't, you know, don't get too aggressive. Okay. Hurtful. Then I don't want to do that. At Detroit this week, uh, the Lions at 5-4 and four, and in a really good place right now, uh, Greg, in the NFC North, aren't they? Well, the division has no teams playing well. The Lions have... A nice little matchup here. The Jaguars are at the point where I don't think anyone should be picking them in any matchup, period. They're right there with the Browns and the 49ers as the worst team in, teams in the league, which is crazy to imagine. And so the Lions, they have something. They have an offense, but it's a, it's a terrible defense. This is one guy they can stop, though, Blake Bortles. It's rare when I'm watching Game Pass and I rewind to do a triple take to hear what the announcer had to say. <laughs> Rich Gannon in this game said this line. I was floored on Friday when Blake Bortles told me he's not a natural thrower of the football. <laughs> I've never heard a quarterback on any level say that. <laughs> it's quite an admission when your quarterback says he's not good at the one job he's supposed to do. You know what that sounds like to me? A guy that has no confidence right now. And, and he he's playing like everything. a guy with no well, confidence. Yeah. We, we yeah. just saw on the on the graphic, if you watch this, on, I believe it's on – what, NFL now and NFL.com. You know, the, the Lions give up the worst pass rating of any defense in the league. So if ever Bortles was going to look okay, this would be the week. My argument, though, I saw that same stat. And other team. you thought Blake Bortles had that same opportunity against this Detroit defense, didn't really get it done the way you'd think. And I'm not sure it matters what the defense is doing against Blake mm-hmm. Bortles because he's getting in his own way. And it almost, I'm not, this is, a, this is an unfair comparison, but to hear someone like Darrell Rivas, who's clearly not where he wanted to be, right. and to hear him talk about, I'm beat up, I'm old, I can't do anymore, verbally making, uh, you know, a- accounts excuses. for why, he, excuses. Yeah. Blake Bortles is in a tough situation. He's openly struggling. He's getting killed. They're bringing gurus in on the bye week to try to fix him. It's not working. And starts starts to come out verbally. I don't have belief in myself His right now. His confidence goes 
goes lower every week, and I think that's on the coaching staff. You have to sit him down, bench him, fix his mechanics, and play a different quarterback. This is like uh, the unstoppable force against the immovable object game because the Lions have trailed in the fourth quarter of every game this year, and they have five wins, and the Jaguars don't even start playing <laughs> until the second <laughs> half. So yeah. something's going to happen here. So maybe that's the reason. Well, put, something stinky. Put together not, a complete game. Put like together farts. a complete game, Detroit. Because I, I still, as much as I like watching this team, I'd like to see them have a win where they win it easy against a bad team. Get Mo Jones involved, by the way. Haven't really seen him yeah, much since about, since about week three. The, the Bortles thing, thinking back to watching Game Pass, there was one point in that game, this is such a telling box score line for Bortles at one point, he was 14 for 17 for 91 yards and two interceptions at one point last week. That, that like tells you everything you need to know about Blake Bortles, that they're just babying him with these four-yard passes, and that's it. That's not Blake Bortles. He had Bortles. one nice touchdown pass where he stepped up in the pocket made the throw, and it's what you want to see him do, but it's just not enough. It's almost like an accident. He's regressed from last season. That's a huge issue. Do you know why they're babying him with short throws? What's his passer rating on throws over 20 yards? 26.8. Well, the poor guy, even when he tries to throw the ball away, it bounces off his own guy's foot. Every deep ball flutters. It's it's all a fluttery, wobbly ball Mm. when he throws it deep. At what point do they sit him down? Uh, Let's see how this game turns out. Let's move on. AFC South matchup, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, travel to Indianapolis to face the Colts. The Titans, uh, you know, very hot right now. Look, that was very Trumpian. Very hot right now. Very <laughs> hot. Unfair. At Indianapolis, who are 4-5, and five, need this game. The Colts have won 10 straight against the Titans. Uh, but Chris Wessling, uh, now they got to face Marcus Mariota playing as well as he ever has in the NFL. 10 straight. The Titans can't beat Andrew Luck. But this feels like a different Titans team. One that is leading the league with 33.7 points per game over the last six weeks. They are an offensive powerhouse right now, and the Colts' defense is the opposite of a powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, Colts' defense. I we. What is the opposite of a powerhouse? A weakling. A weakling shed. How about an outhouse? Bag? Outhouse. Yeah. yeah. Played a little better against the Packers for three quarters. That's the last time we saw him. I would say that's the best game we've seen out of the Colts this year. If you think about it, the Colts, actually, now that I'm thinking – Yes. They took care of the Titans pretty pretty hand not handily, but it was a good win in Tennessee. They beat Green Bay. They're playing a little better lately. What, I, what I just saying? well, I think with I think with with the Titans right now, they are proving that they are one of the few teams in the league that can just completely overpower defenses that aren't up to the challenge. And the Colts come into this game, there's only two games all year where they haven't allowed 100 plus rushing yards. You can run the ball on Indianapolis. You can do other things on their defense too. And well, honestly, Green Bay was talked about as this great run defense. They got completely exposed, but also exposed through the air. I don't know how Indianapolis keeps up with with Tennessee. And those 10 other games where Andrew Luck mowed through the Titans, those were inept franchises. Well, that was, that was, was three weeks act- ago. All right. In Tennessee. I, here's what I'd say, though. I'm just saying, I'm saying that's during this I don't care streak. about the I don't care about the 10 nothing Andrew Luck business versus the Titans. This is a different team that's starting to find themselves. And if Tennessee won the AFC South, none, nobody in this room would be surprised. No, I, I think they will. But this is an important hill for them to climb to go there. And I never count Andrew Luck out. It, right now, he's combining what is a ball control offense. They're among the league leaders in 10-plus play drives, so he's holding the ball, and an explosive offense. He's among the league leaders in plays over 20 yards. That, when you got that com- kind of combination, you got something. DeMarco Murray, guys, just to change the topic here, um, is ahead of his pace 
of 2014 with the Cowboys wow. when he won Offensive Player of the Year. And, Wes, you just came – one of the best bangers out there every week. Uh, everyone's writing bangers right now. But, Wes, your top tens are great. You had the, the worst free agent signings this week. DeMarco Murray's got to be the best free agent signing. He is playing at an MVP level. Nobody's talking about it. And what did they get him for? Bag of footballs? We can shoehorn a trade into free agent signings. Oh, that's it, right. It, well, it was the same thing. They, they, they gave up. They nothing. didn't have to give up much for that trade. They located yeah. a guy. It was like change, trading up their fourth round pick or whatever. And they essentially yeah. made him take a pay cut, gave him a little more guaranteed money to take a little less overall money. So it's like, well, well John it, Robinson, your boy, executive of the year. He, he might because he did more than anyone could have asked to ch- rechange the entire tone and feeling of this team in one offseason. His vision was power football, and that's what they do well. You've got to give them credit for drafting and acquiring toughness. And Mariota now is making those splash plays. His accuracy is what sets him apart. And even in the, the game against San Diego where he had some mistakes was the one that I think he really started just making wow play after wow play. And now it just seems like he's on a roll. He's seeing people open. And Delaney Walker is up there with the, the best tight ends in the league. I mean, he's such, in the top five. Yeah, such a talented young team. And don't forget, they have the Rams' first-round draft pick next year. Mm. Mm, yummy. Uh, by the way, you don't necessarily want to be the executive of the year. Last year's executive of the year, Mike McCagnin. Mm. Things change fast. In the NFL. By the way, this game, before we move on, I just want to say, and I'm, you know, I'm flying on this. Four in a row, right? And I'm going to go to five in a row because, yeah, they're gone the road, but this is a different Titans team. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lock, lock it, it up. up. Wow. He's locking it. Lock it. Leave it there. See you Sunday night. Let's move on. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Oh, this is a good game. I like games. Uh, this is, yeah. The loser of this game says bye-bye, might even be dead in a lot of ways. Loser immediately dies. The Buffalo Bills are 4-5. and Dan just volunteered to take this game as his early Sunday. Yeah, I like it. I'm in. Really? Yeah, I love it. The Bills at Cincinnati, 4-5, and 3-5-1 Bengals coming off that Monday night loss to the Giants. Two teams that I do not think are bad but are maybe not that good, uh, and one of them – is going to come very close to irrelevance after this game. Uh, so I like when there's steaks. I like steaks, guys. like steak, too, but I like steaks. Greg, your <laughs> thoughts? Multiple steaks. Uh, I think the Bills are a better team right now. I don't know what the Bengals do that well other than have A.J. Green on their team. You know, they, they don't, they're not a tough team up front. They don't really rush the passer, so they have to try to – Create, Gino Atkins looks create some pre- – yeah, Geno Atkins. They have stars, but they have to try to create pressure, and then it exposes their linebackers in coverage. I think the Bills are more of a staying power type of team. I agree with you. I think the Bills are probably what the New York Jets would like to be right now, which is a physical team with a young quarterback that you can – you can grow with and, you know, beat up AFC East type teams as you improve under Rex Ryan. It's the opposite. I think you know, here's the thing with, with Cincinnati, they, they don't win this game. You've got the Ravens twice still, the Steelers, the Eagles, and the Texans on your schedule. I don't see them getting out of this unless the entire think, operation turns I around. I think the this loser week. here is done. I think they're 100%. either team four and six for the Bills if they lose, three six and one for the Bengals, and and, and a, a conference where probably ten wins most likely you need. I mean they have three wins on the year. It's week eleven. Such a big game for the Bills if you think about where their offense is and they can convince themselves, hey, Sammy Watkins is coming back. 
next week, the week after that. Sammy Watkins is coming back. What if we get Percy Harvin to show a little something? He's starting this week. If you can get to five and five, and then you have Watkins and Harvin coming on, you can convince yourself that you're content. The, the, the problem is the defense, which looks so good in the first month of the year, is kind of falling apart. I mean, they don't know if they're starting Ronald Darby and Stefan Gilmore. I mean, the, these guys who – Rex Ryan, and I think he's a big reason why people thought so highly of them. But Darby was great last year. They're supposed to be the best cornerback tandem in the you league. You know, they're rotating first-team reps in practice, and Gilmore's really been up and down. Darby you know, might not start in this game. So they're still searching for the right answers. Well, the Rex game. Ryan – he was joking, but he was like begging Marvin Lewis to not play AJ Green, give him another week of rest. And then, <laughs> Such then t- a card. Well, talking about Tyler Eifert, well, we hope he doesn't play too for one reason or another. Tyler Eifert does give the Bengals offense something that they desperately needed. He is in his last two games about 200 yards, 12 catches, and a touchdown. I mean, that helps AJ Green against you know a secondary that is shorthanded. They've got players, but it, I don't know. Something just seems missing. From the Bengals? I mean, other than Muhammad Sanu and Marvin I Jones. Think that's which, by the way, was a conventional wisdom missing. thing that was The offensive right. line has been the issue all year. Their offensive line was legitimately great last and, year, right there with Dallas, and they're one of the worst in the and league. And some of their picks, Cedric Abouye, which is a first-round pick, a bust. Has, has been a bust. Andy so Dalton on, on pace to be sacked 50 times. That would set a franchise record. He got sacked 20 times all of last season in 13 games, and he's already been sacked 28 times this year. Thank I mean, you for the statistical backup, that's, man. Hey, listen, that is the Week 11 research notes. On fleek! Let's move on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 4-5, and five, travel to Kansas City to face the 7-2 and two Chiefs. The, the Chiefs, here we go again. They've won five games in a row, and now they get uh, in their building, Wes, a, a flawed Buccaneers team. Very flawed. This is a contrast in quarterback styles. Jameis Winston, no quarterback, drops deep in the pocket and takes so much time to throw and throws deeper than Jameis Winston. He averages more air yards per attempt than mm. any quarterback in the NFL. Alex Smith averages the fourth fewest air yards per attempt. I think, and yet, you you have to say the Chiefs are the much better team here. Well, it's a tough matchup for Winston. If ever there's a recipe for some interceptions – it's when you face Kansas City and Jameis Winston is going to put the ball up by Eric Berry and your boy Marcus Peters. Not a not many better combinations in any secondary in the entire league as those two guys in terms of making plays. They're saucy. We, we talked about, I think it was last week, oh, wouldn't Andy Reid like quarterback X over Alex Smith? Well, of course – there are a number of quarterbacks, if not you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 of them, that you take over Alex Smith for traits and size. But Alex Smith, three interceptions on the year. He does what the Chiefs want. He does not turn the ball over. They've won. They've, they're successful. Their regular season record, and it's like last year, they're not turning the ball over, and it's not a one-year thing. This has been their characteristic under Andy Reid. That's how you get to the playoffs. How you go from there, we'll see. Andy Reid's got to be excited for this matchup because if it was anyone else, I, I think they'd be a little anxious about Alex Smith and their offense. It's been terrible for two straight weeks. That was one of the worst games Alex Smith has played as a member of the Chiefs. He had a Six, seven wide open throws that he missed. That is not Alex Smith no. style. And he's coming off of an injury, which was mysterious. Yep. I'm not I'm not putting it, you know, I'm not saying anything, but there was a mysterious injury where he was out. And then he comes back and he plays one of the worst games I've ever seen Alex Smith play. I, well, think, I mean, wasn't it just a concussion? 
that they're not wanting to tell us? I don't know. Just they're, I don't they're know. really clear about Teams I like I like mysterious injury. That's yeah. Right. Fine. Then yeah. then that's a concern. Anything's a concern when he comes back and he plays like that. Chiefs are well coached. They don't beat themselves. But why is it that we don't respect it? Because they don't really scare you. They don't have playmakers. But they're cu- they're coming up with some playmakers. Tyreek Hill is a legitimate yeah, baby. boy. Tyreek Hill is a legitimate <laughs> wide receiver now. Jo- not just a return guy. You get Jeremy Macklin back. On defense, if you get Justin Houston back, pair him with the NFL sack leader, D. Ford. That's a good you've point. got Daniel Sorensen. You've got Marcus Peters and Eric Berry. There are playmakers all over this team. I see Alex Smith trusting Hill, too. He targeted him a bunch last year, in, last week in, in some tough situations, and Hill yeah. responded. So you know, They that, missed Macklin. It, it'll be, they'll be a good combination when they get him back. They've got some players. By the way, to your uh, on the other side, the Tampa Bay side, Jameis Winston, your boy, Greg. Mm-hmm. NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal, big fan of Jameis Winston in a holy war with Wes. This is an interesting. He's not. They can both be good. They okay. don't need to. Okay. You know, cool. That's fine. They can both That's be good. It's like it. Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. Uh, he's been hit more than any quarterback in the league, uh, but 11 touchdowns and two picks over his last five games. So when you're taking a pounding and you're not turning the ball over a lot, that's a nice made the play of the year last week. Right. He he's playing well and he's adding parts to his game. It's not a complete team, but they certainly look a lot better offensively when Doug Martin's in the backfield like he is again. He looked I thought he looked bad last week. He did not look good, but I like just the fact that he's there. Instead of Anton Smith or whatever, I have some faith that he's going to be better. How many rushes for negative yards did he have last? Every time I looked up, he was getting tackled in the backfield because he couldn't escape anyone. 13 of them. I think their line is (laughs) just that. It's that. That's not sure it's accurate at all. Totally totally made up. Uh, All right. Their line's terrible. I, I mean, Mark. A little bit of a holy war, the Mariota Winston thing, no matter it's how we little, it is. I'm uh, trying to calm it, it down. It becomes yeah. a little ponderous that the two have to constantly be shoved in this small space together. I, I, you know, there are a lot of other quarterbacks to compare them to, and it might be time to start comparing Mariota to a whole different type of quarterback than James Winston. Like Jake Plummer. Wasn't about to go there, but you did. I like it. All right, let's move on. The Chicago Bears are 2-7, and seven and they stink. I mean, they stink, and they hit rock bottom uh, <laughs> last week against Tampa Bay, a 36-10 loss where, the, I mean, the entire team looked lost, especially uh, their quarterback, Jay Cutler. Now they don't have Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, how exciting is this team? They travel now to the Meadowlands to face the Giants, and Wes, as you can attest to, uh, a New York team doesn't really ever fly under the radar. But the, the Giants at 6-3 and three with uh, the Bears on their schedule next at home, just you know, before we want to give away the NFC East to the Dallas Cowboys, the Giants are not that far out. If they win this game at seven and three, they're in the mix. They don't fly under the radar. I've been enjoying the every minute Mark Victor Cruz updates. <laughs> Will he or won't he practice this week? As if he's like their number one receiver. He's so a beloved a guy in the media. He's on pace for six hundred yards this year. Yeah, he's one of those guys, <laughs> and it's every market. But growing up in New York, I know this. Like, if it's a beloved former star that's now in the picture, but is no, he's still treated with a level of gravitas. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure Wayne Grabet's questionable, questionable this week too. Bro, do not bring Wayne into this. <laughs> Under any circumstances. He's about as relevant as Victor Cruz right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wayne wow. Corbett was a truly enjoyable player. We also got Holy Wars, by the way. Yeah, West, West, the Crusades against uh, I mean, Victor Cruz. West, it's not Victor Cruz. It's what, the coverage one of, of the NFL's Victor Cruz. good guys. Well, yeah, Wes is, you know, 
animosity towards Victor Cruz. It's not Victor Cruz's Cruz. coverage. It's the is reporters. One of, is one of the more surprising West uh, oh, Picadillos. It's, as it's the say. reporters who treat Victor Cruz like he's, the, about me. like he's an MVP candidate this year. <laughs> oh, well, hold on. Let's see if Victor Cruz can make it to this game. Wes is mad because he almost got it right. Because Wes was like, let's never talk about Victor Cruz again because he's injured. And then he came back and even made some plays early in the season. But now he's kind of he's losing snaps. He's hurt again. The worst thing that could have happened was him making two plays all year. And then everybody treated him like he was still Victor Cruz. Admit that you're mad about that. (laughs) I'm mad that people treat him like an MVP candidate, not a guy who's lucky to be on the roster. (laughs) All right. Anyway, this game. uh, Greg, do you have any thoughts about it? I mean, we don't have to stick on this game too long. The Giants better take care of business. Although I, I've been, I've, the Giants have been known to tank in the games like this. Well, I, I've been they getting a win. lot of a lot of heat from Giants fans who think that I, you know, don't give Eli Manning enough credit. You don't. Uh, and he's not having a good year. But I want to talk about what matters with this Giants team, and that's their their defense. I I I kind of getting into this defense watching him every week. I like watching Janoris Jenkins and Landon Collins. You know, I just mentioned that Chiefs combination. I mean, that's another fun one to watch in the in the defensive backfield. I think they're getting better and better, and they can just start winning games on their own. That they basically have been the defense over well, the last month. You got the Bears. You got the Browns next week. You could very easily Hello. be eight and three when you then go in to Pittsburgh and you play Dallas at that point to find out what kind of team you really are. But I think the Giants, I mean, how many times in our lifetime are we going to see them surge down the stretch, go into the playoffs and do something we didn't expect? I mean, it's in the NFC, which is kind of an up and down operation. The Giants have an opportunity here. This is why you're unfair to Eli. Many reasons. And I know where it's all rooted on a couple days in February in the last decade or so. But they have the worst running game in the world. And that is very hard to overcome as a quarterback when the defense does not respect the other team's running game. So he's been I dealing with true. that like anybody else would. It's Greg, tough. you should show more respect for the Giants' mediocre quarterback. Right. Here we go. Well, the it, so this e- season he is not playing well. Last season he was fine. I'm with you. Eli Manning and Jay Cutler, the two players in the league that have the most giveaways over the last 10 years. Doesn't that feel like – yeah, it feels like their entire careers. It does. And Cutler killed them with turnovers last week. Where we, were, felt- we were talking maybe Cutler will have – this keep you in the in the business kind of game. Who's we? It blew it him just up. me. I you, felt Greg. so bad no for else. the Bears defense, which shut down the Bucks for the first like quarter and a half of that game, and then three Jay Cutler turnovers. Finally, the Jordan Howard fumble was a backbreaker, and they couldn't. They set Jameis Winston up on the doorstep of the end zone, and finally they broke their backs. But the Bears defense came to play. Yeah, like I mean, your week. defense goes into that awful, hideous Tampa Bay sunlight, and <laughs> does what you do, and your offense can't help you out. Um, all right, let's take a quick break here. I wanted to uh, touch base again with Chris Wessling, security badge, lanyard gate. Uh, it's been a couple of days now to maybe cool down or, uh, you know, a little different perspective or, you know, I just want to see where your head's at right now uh, with the badge situation and if you've had any other encounters with the woman downstairs. No further encounters. I would say, like, that we all have deal breakers in life. For an unfortunate number of my family and friends, the fact that the KKK endorsed Donald Trump was not a deal breaker. Hmm. But it's a deal breaker to me that I have to be treated like a number instead of a human being. A person who's seen my face every day for three years treats me like a number, not a person. That's a deal breaker. Okay. Uh, Now, I consider myself, uh, you know, on some level a journo. And I thought it would be only fair to get both sides of the story. So what I did, (laughs) I hit the street pounded the pavement, mm. and I tracked down the security official 
that was involved in the dust-up with Chris Wessling just to get her side of this, Sid. Wow. I'm here with Angela at NFL Media Security. Angela, can you explain uh, to the audience and any personnel on the podcast why we must wear our lanyards around our necks at all times? The lanyards are worn around our necks at all times so that security can identify you as a person that either works here or is a visitor. It is to help us identify who should and should not be on campus. And Angela, what would you say if someone were to say, well, what if I'm wearing an NFL Network polo shirt or something identifiable as uh, an NFL Network on my body? Is that good enough? It is not because, unfortunately, you could go online and buy those T-shirts at the... Um, at the shop.com so that one. we require the lanyards with your picture ID on it thank you Angela I really appreciate this you're welcome you Were want you? Wes to get his stuff together please Wes help me out <laughs> oh she sounds very sweet were you holding her hostage no she's she a, sounded like a robot she's a wonderful woman Angela in the uh, front desk area downstairs sound very sweet is, very, it, is Ange- sweet. Angela's the not held hostage the same the same one that you've You've had you know, your ups and downs it's, with. Yeah. It is it, your 100%. former favorite security guard. They were all ups until the other day. Now there's a lot of downs. I think we might have to get you guys together mm. to work this out. She's a very nice person. I'll probably come up with a doctor's note because I have a skin condition. I don't need a <laughs> lanyard hanging around my neck. And did anything she said Some rub you the wrong way at all? Or you know? Well, it was the whole robotic nature to it. She was just like memorizing what she had been – she had rope memory and – they had told her this is why people need some and flaws that was good too because her. I don't have a you know you guys don't all have photo IDs on it so there's some flaws in this so so here's the thing like we're in the studio right now we're not wearing lanyards we're not allowed to because we're on camera yeah well do you need to have it at your desk while you're typing at what point do you need safe. the lanyards and you do you don't need the lanyards like either you have to wear them all the time or I, none of them I mean I think it's whenever you get you know, tangled in some FaceTime with Angela, you need to have it on your person, and if it, or you can continue to let this wage on. Two people, two unmovable blocks, uh, trying to solve an issue with no compromise. Seems a little over-officious to me. That's all I'm saying. Like Winston she's Mariota like, all over again. She's like the Jeff Triplett of <laughs> NFL security guards. Wow. If you, uh, <laughs> if you see something, say something. That's how I was brought up. If I don't see that lanyard, I'm saying something. I'm falling in line with this. It's just I mean, you just world. had a, you had a you have a newborn at home. Exactly. You can't get into any sort of territorial, you know, corporate wars with people. I would I would lanyard. like you to report Wes for not having worn it at some point. <laughs> I would like to see what happens. As Dan, it would be great for the show. You're always about what's good for the show. It's a sticky Davis over here. Be great. You do it. You think it's be you so great said for you, you, I, I, Dan I, goes goose stepping by the security <laughs> guard. <laughs> I was just being a journo. I had to get the other side of the story. It's boots, impressive. Boots on the ground for you. Yeah, I mean, impressive boots. investigative work uh, by you. A little breaking news, even. Yeah. Say. All right. That's go. true. Uh, Area security guard repeats corporation mantra Sessler, word for word. <laughs> Sessler's always been the intrepid journo, him and Connor Orr, but now Dan kind of showing impressive. some intrepid journo. I do have a journalism degree. Yeah, I mean, everyone, the only is, one. everyone is allowed to and potentially supposed to be <laughs> – that person. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, it's time to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. All right, now five and four. Um, of course, zero oh and four since being named the team around the NFL. And now they got the Arizona Cardinals coming into their building. Interesting matchup here 
uh, Mark Sessler, a Cardinals team that is not looking so great. Didn't look so hot against San Francisco at home last week. So you think maybe if Minnesota is going to finally get off uh, this, this sl- get out of the slump, maybe Arizona is ripe for the picking here. I think the Vikings have run out of wiggle room to keep losing these tight games and saying, hey, we're still hanging around in the NFC North. You're at home. If this game were in Arizona, I would not like the Vikings' chances on any level. I really don't like them, even at home to some degree. But the key to me is that the Arizona Cardinals, not unlike the Seattle Seahawks, have issues along the offensive line, but unlike the Seattle Seahawks, something with Seattle, they work around their O-line issues week after week. And I, I watched a Niners defense, which might be the worst in the league, and that's saying something considering Cleveland is still playing football that they got to Carson Palmer last week. They caused turnovers. They rattled him. And I don't like a scenario where a late period Carson Palmer is having to run out of the pocket to make throws and dance around and evade tacklers (laughs) to make passes happen. It's not a good situation for Arizona. And Minnesota, you haven't allowed three touchdowns in 13 straight games. So they have the defense you questioned, you know, during our NFL network, if they have the pass rush, maybe they can't take advantage of this the way they'd like. But if you're going to win a game, it has to happen right here for the Vikings. Well, you mentioned uh, our NFL network hit podcast pick 'em, or it's just NFL pick 'em now. Yeah, the, the the overlords decided that having podcasts in the title would be distasteful. Somehow it'd be a turnoff. It'd be a, tel- which it doesn't speak too well about our future. <laughs> it'd be like no. cold water coming Although on. It is You're co- all excited. Here's some cold water. I mean, it is, it is dangerously consistent with how we've been treated <laughs> from, you know, sa- you know, stage one. So. I shouldn't even have got there. Three times on Saturday, though. Check out your DVR or yeah, your local list. Just, just DVR. It's they still in the, have local listings? It's in the morning twice. Check out your cable box. And then 1030 Pacific. You hit the, hit the guide button, yeah. and then you go to the NFL Network, and then you just find it. Anyone still purchasing TV Guide? Probably not our target audience for this. <laughs> Cardinals discovered something last week. What? They could lose almost any type of Two game? Two things. J.J. Nelson is not a starting wide receiver in the NFL. He can't win at the catch well, point. Well, what was up with physical. that? Arians called him his number two wide receiver going into last week. There's no way that can stay. It was because, tra- it was a transparent motivational play, it seemed like. Well, here's what they also discovered, that 2015 Michael Floyd is back. He had his best game of the season by far. And by the end of the game, both Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer had renewed, renewed faith in him. They were going to him on key plays. Palmer made an amazing court. throw to him. That, incredible play. That was kind of on some level how last season played out, where in the beginning of the season, Larry Fitzgerald was the guy, the main guy, and then the other guys finally started getting involved, John Brown uh, and Floyd. Maybe we're going to see a similar thing this season. But this Wait, is not the same as last season. No, where is John Brown? His his disappearance. His, his giant helmet. Well, they his, just gave the other Brown a contract extension. His total Confusing. absence is mystifying to me. It's well, one of the more surprising things. He's out on the field, so you can't say it's about the concussion. I mean, obviously that's been a fact, but he's, got but he's that, out on the field. He's got that leg disease now. He's got like a blood disease, and it's, it's causing his hamstrings to flare up. I think I, that's bad. I was concerned with Palmer last week when he was protected, which I thought he was pretty well in the first half of that game. He missed a lot of throws. Like, you weren't seeing Carson Palmer missing those throws last week that are there, that no one's really putting any heat on him. But I want to see I, – I want to see Minnesota – Put a better defensive effort. I haven't seen Anthony Barr do it lately. I haven't seen Evers and Griffin do it lately. Xavier Rhodes, I think. This is a defense that needs to be special mm. for them to win. And I think. Uh-oh. Are you going to? I think that what? they can be special. Whoa. You- I've got to lock it up. <laughs> lock, it up. lock it up. In a big spot. Lock it up.
Turn it. Crank. See oh, you Sunday. It's you know, stuck every, in that safe. Everyone can, you know, fall off the old uh, team of ATL. But uh, this is the battle of team of ATL. I'm in it for the, we're in it for the long haul. And there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be a lot of downs. But this week's going to be an up. I'm not. I think better they can be. win this division. And uh, it I better think, be. I think they get it done. Greg, shaky lock. If they <laughs> listen, I will go down with the ship. <laughs> The Minnesota Vikings, if they lose this game, I think they're done. The Cardinals just oh, won. I, I totally agree with I you. I think they're eight wins at best situation because they might just be in a free fall. Well, they're out. Eight wins might win that division. Well, let's say it for what it is. These two teams are disappointments right now for for where we thought they would be. Minnesota got it's our hopes a, up. You know, Arizona has been disappointed every week, and they just there's just something wrong there that that they can't they can't put it together to to win easily. You think it's kind of going. They get 20 points in the first half, and you get three points in the second I half. I feel like this game is going to be 10-10 with a minute to play. That sounds about right. It, it's weird, and I know we should move on. It's weird to think back of Mike Zimmer in the offseason talking about how he, he was really railing against his offensive line. Oh, these guys aren't tough. We need to be way tougher. This is the least tough offensive line and, and team in the league. I, I remember part of last week's game where Sam Bradford's walking on the field, and he was disgusted with their offensive line for not get picking up second and one, third and one, their short yardage. Like everyone, they were just, he was disgusted at it. Their short team. yardage has they cost say. them the last two games. Right. Let's move on. Oh, Jared Goff. It is time finally, folks, as we talked about on Tuesday. Goff will finally make his first career start at home at the Coliseum against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins, who are, you know, one of the hottest teams in the AFC now at five and four. And uh, here we go, Greg Rosenthal. Jared Goff gets his first start. Do you think we'll be surprised come Sunday night in a good way? No, because the offense, because the matchup's tough. Wouldn't surprise me if he's better than Case Keenum. That's a low bar. But this Dolphins front line with Cameron Wake and Earl Mitchell came back last week and had a monster game. And Dominican Sue. If Mario Williams is your fourth best defensive lineman, he might not play this week. So we'll see. Andre Branch. Against this offensive line, I mean, I, I think that's enough to make the Rams look bad and win the game. I, I mean, if you are an NFL defense and you're right now going through your meetings, you want nothing more than to play a rookie quarterback. You can't ask for anything more. I don't care who it is. And, I, you know, the Rams, they waited a long time on this decision, and the thought process is his arm is strong. He might force some teams to recognize that, and it opens things up for Todd Gurley. If that doesn't happen, I don't see how anything really changes for the Rams outside of you're developing this guy. You, you hope for the best. Jared Goff has one thing going for him that I don't know if anybody's talking about except for our man Kevin Patrick coming at you. Kenny Britt's having a Pro Bowl season. He is a chain-moving machine, first down after first down after first down, ultra-reliable, doesn't drop passes, while Tavon Austin refuses to make a play. Mm. You you wrote a banger this week, Wes, about if you thought Goff could make an impact and help out Gurley. Yeah, I didn't. You know, ha- I didn't right, I didn't have an answer. Y- y- that's the Rams' hope, that his arm, which is considerably stronger than Case Keenum's, he can go outside the numbers, he can go downfield, you can stretch a defense, which is what Todd Gurley needs. But that's a hope. I don't know what what the answer is. It also is contingent on the strong-armed Goff reading pre-snap what's going to happen, detecting where receivers are going through. I mean, all the stuff that by November of your rookie season, if you play it all year, you start to round into shape and use your instincts. It's his first go. Right, but he does have a good defense. I think the defense, which at times has been overrated uh, under Jeff Fisher, is playing well. 
I mean, yeah. it's not just the reputation. There's no reason to think that the Dolphins, as as much as Ryan Tannehill made some great highlights last week, there's no reason to think they're going to run away and hide. Were well, you like the what the first team to win two games without scoring a touchdown since? Ages and ages ago. The Dolphins are a much better team than the Rams right now. Yes, I, I agree. I just don't think they're a team that, that is going to light up a good defense. And I think the Rams are a good defense and right now. I think the Dolphins will probably win this game, but I I do believe what I believed earlier in the season is that they would get hot for a stretch. But this is the thing about Miami, and this is basically historical and for a decade plus now. Just when you start to believe in them, they revert back to the crap form that they were before they got hot. That's going to happen very soon now. Cinderella's turning pumpkin soon. Could happen at the Coliseum. Play the Rams and 49ers. You could also be 7-4 and four after mm. two weeks I just don't now. know if it's going to happen. I think they're going to slip up. We'll they, see. They, they do something which you can only the best running backs pull off. And right now, Jay Ajayi is, I mean, he's not in the top five, but he's one of the better running backs. Like, they start their comebacks by running the ball. Their, their last couple weeks against the Jets and, and last week uh, in San Diego, they started comebacks by running the ball well. You don't see that too much. Mm. Let's move on and talk another AFC East team. Oh, we're on the throne of ease with the New England Patriots uh, who lose Rob, Rob Gronkowski uh, to a, a lung injury. Yikes. But they get to travel to San Francisco. So you leave Rob at home. You let his the hole where his lung is seal. Plenty of rest. And uh, they face the 49ers who are, uh, if they're not the worst team in the NFL, they're very close to it. Though they did, um, Chris Wessling, almost beat the Cardinals on the road last week. Any hope for them against the Patriots? No. No. Let's not be silly. Okay. Since Navarro Bowman was knocked out of the lineup and out for the season, this defense is allowing 35 points per game. <laughs> and they're, wel- oh my God. they're welcoming in. It's like a read of football. An offense that averages 32 points per game, and they'd have six more if LeGarrette Blunt had another inch on his hand. <laughs> this is a, as lopsided of a matchup as you could possibly imagine. And it's an underrated revenge game. Tom Brady Ooh, grew up in here. the shadows oh, of yeah. Santa Clara. He got he got into it this week too with the with the media talking about the 49ers. You could tell this matchup meant a lot to him. He said he's gotten more tickets for this game uh, than any game because he does he figures he he's never coming back to that area as a player. Mark pop quiz. Yes. Who did the 49ers take in the draft at quarterback instead of Tom Brady in the year 2000? Um, George. For bits. West. Giovanni Carmizi or whatever. His Correct. Name. Well, how do you say his name? I think you nailed it. Carmazzi, I think. Carmazzi. Yeah. Never uh, think. never t- took a snap in a regular season game, if I recall. First round pick? No, uh, I think he was second like or third. Third, third yeah. I think. He, well, you don't want to look at the list. Spurgeon win as it is. There's a whole oof. bunch of guys that, that were picked right before Tom Brady. I mean, Brady's playing so well that there was criticism about the Patriots' game plan last week, and I would say it was probably Brady's worst game of the season. And yet, as you said, they Best were day. one inch away from 31 points against the Seahawks. So it's not like they were they were struggling. This would be too obvious a game to lock up, right, Dan? Uh, that, that would be, <laughs> that would be, it would be distasteful to yeah. do that. I'm going in a different direction. Okay. Let's lock it up. What? what? Then at least one player gets kicked out of this game. Lock that up? <laughs> Jeff Triplett's announcing or officiating oh, okay. this game. Okay, some logic. He's kicked out like three players per game for the last month. Are you sure you're not just trying to bring down our average uh, in a protest of the segment? Look, I think the biggest lock in the NFL right now is that Jeff Triplett will kick out at least one player per week. Okay. okay. Very interesting and uh, bizarre lock by you. I like it. Uh, yeah. He's on my radar. I, I heard it, and I thought, that's something Mark would do. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's – Well, who was it? Was it Taylor Luan last week? Yes. So who you got – Who you It was like it Cam Irvin and David Irvin the week okay. before that. Okay. Want to make any predictions? 
He's like basically – he would make a good security guard at NFL Network headquarters. How about Julian Edelman? He can be over-officious. I think Gerald Hodges gets bumped out of this game. He's been playing <laughs> Hodges well. Hodges is done. Martellus Bennett is getting – Oh, okay. I could see that. Marty B's gone. This, one, this is bad for Dan's, what is it, slow decline or tepid decline scenario for it's Tom Brady? hashtag gradual decline. All right, gradual also, decline. hashtag <laughs> cancel the Patriots, hashtag save football. Oh, that seems like a, a little yeah. bit of a different movement. Um, it's but, all connected. Okay, the uh, but on third down, there's no import, more important stat for a quarterback. Oh, of course. He, well, listen, he is perfect. <laughs> he has a perfect passer rating on third down, and that's not just two weeks of wow. play. He's 40 news. points higher Breaking than any other quarterback in the league. This is this week's Breaking tight news. End. Yeah, <laughs> how does he do against tight end defense? Tom Brady good. <laughs> well, Tom Brady good against what we heard was a you know infallible preseason decline by New England's quarterback. <laughs> uh, I called it a slight regression, which I saw on Sunday. You guys didn't study the tape properly. What was I it like the beautiful teardrop passes landing right in Julian Edelman's no, hands? It was the teardrop when he couldn't get it done on first and goal. Yeah. Hey, you know who's had a slight regression? This Patriots defense. You thought I was crying wolf early in the year. You trade away Jamie Collins. Didn't think that. He did. He <laughs> thought, oh, you're trying to make all these excuses that they're not so great. You all were saying, oh, let's just send them to the Super Bowl. Well, that's still true. They trade Collins, and yes. his replacement of Landon Roberts got worked last week. They're searching for what they're going to do. They benched their number one pass rusher, Jabal Sheard, played 16 snaps. How are they going to get by? I'm just saying they're trying to figure some things out. <laughs> okay. Rob well, Ninkovich, not got, quite the same. It's not a great defense. You, right? Barkevius Mingo, will save your little day, Greg. Don't so you So if worry. you have any concerns about your defense getting things right, you have the best coach in the world, and you get the 49ers and Jets in the next two weeks. Well, that's fine, but we're okay. looking past the next two weeks. The okay. concern more, now more is that they that. might only finish 12-4. and four. <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's why we call it the Throne of East. The Philadelphia Eagles at 5-4, and four, coming off a very impressive 24-15 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Tough task here, though. They travel uh, to the clink to face the Seahawks. 6-2-1. and one. And Greg Rosenthal, what do you think about Carson Wentz on the road in this spot? A reason for serious concern? Well, it's about as tough a matchup as you're going to have going to Seattle. But I like what I saw out of Carson Wentz. The last two weeks, I know he made some early mistakes against the Giants, but I like that they're kind of opening up the offense. Jordan Matthews uh, played pretty well last week. I like that they got Ryan Matthews back into the mix. Not going to be easy, but I think he's supported by a great defense, and I think this is a really interesting game and a tricky game for Seattle. Coming off of two, what I would say, I don't know about emotional, but they come off a short week, go to Foxborough, Slay that dragon. That was a very emotional game for the Seahawks. This is a much, a lot to them. much, much tougher matchup for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense than anyone they faced in the last. Is week. this the week where they're all? I, I think they deserve credit for that offensive line. It's a bunch of guys, and you in other teams, the coaching on other teams, they would be victimized weekly, and it's not happening in Seattle. But you've got Brandon Graham, you've got Connor Barwin at this point. Does anyone in in Philadelphia? Do they scare you at all? Where maybe Russell Wilson gets put on his heels a little. Of course they scare you, and your left tackle has started about four games since he was in eighth grade. And he's not. And he's a great story, but he's not playing well. I don't. I kind of like him, but I don't. I, I just like the idea of. Yeah, he's, he's an upgrade on on Bradley Soul yeah. or Sowell, however you say his name, who was starting. Saula. I mean, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are <laughs> That's the correct pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you for that. Are could be on your All Pro team, both of them. Absolutely. And that and that's I I think this actually they were. That's right. That's a good point. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Uh, Wait, by the way, how about the shot? By the way, Pete Carroll goes on a radio station oh, yeah. and says, 
Uh, I not feeling the the Patriots stadium. That crowd when they kicked the field goal <laughs> in the fourth quarter to go up. He's it, right. It was like a preseason game. Uh, our guys, referring to the Clink crowd, would be going nuts, and that's a double dagger shot. First, you're going after the Pats, but then you're not. What you're not saying is that the Seahawks have been equally dominant in their building in the last five or six years. In fact, it's 36 and five at home since 2012, and yet they're still going nuts. Indictment. But I mean, have Patriots fans ever been touted as a great home? Oh, he's right. I've said I've said it on this podcast uh, a few times. It depends on the week. It depends on the game. I think last week that's a fair assessment. I don't think it's a great home crowd. They've they've maybe priced out their real fans. I mean, it's also. Hmm. Somewhat, I think the sound there, and because the bad seats in Gillette, they're bad seats. I mean, you're you're way away, and, and you're clapping with your mittens on and whatnot, and all the people Mitten paying clapper. for the mittens defense. You know, clapper. I'm saying all the people down front, they're paying a lot of money. Maybe not the true fans. I think that's fair. It's not one of the better you know, uh, crowds. The Patriots have become the Yankees. Face it. And same thing with the Yankees' new stadium. It's not the same anymore because they priced out average Joe. The Pats might have done the same thing. A little bit, and I, I think in the, Seahawks, the Seahawks fans, everyone that goes there says it's the loudest they ever heard, and I think they're going to get excited seeing Thomas Rawls back in the mix. And I think C.J. Proceis, I think that was a huge development for their season, what we too. saw last week. I think it changes their entire offense. By the way, the Packers picked the up Kristen so well. Michael uh, yesterday. Uh, we should note that. I, I'm not. I'm still not in love with the fact that you dump Michael and then you bring a running back up off the practice squad. It just, and then tell us that it's purely a football decision, but precise gives you a, a pass we, catcher. But we also the backfield we too. trust John Schneider and Pete Carroll. I, sure. Right? I trust them. And I mean, I think I'm just saying, I think there's more to it. I don't How convenient that we're moving on to the Packers Redskins matchup. Dan. Beautiful. So now the green Bay Packers, nice job, Wes. Wait, can we pick the Eagles? Yeah, Let's pick that Seahawks. Game. That's such a Go good ahead, game. buddy. I guess we're all going to take the Eagles. That's a good point. Seahawks. They're a buzzsaw right you now. Borrowing it? Mark's term. You take the Eagles? Well, I don't like how heavy uh, an underdog they are. I'm going Eagles. Does that make sense? Is that desert talk? Little, little. Yeah, bit. that's desert. I, I like the Eagles a lot in that sense. I think this comes down to the end. I'm taking Philly. Spice Rack's ears are. Uh, Mark took yeah. Philly. There we go. Motown Philly. Just Philly. <laughs> Nothing to do with Motown. Uh, Seahawks roll. Wait, Motown's in Detroit. No way. Motown Philly's back again. Philly has its One own One of the sound. great songs. Was it 90, I believe? 91? 91. 91. Philly has its Some own sound with the OJs. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that was – I don't know. We're getting in too deep. But I think maybe Motown <laughs> Philly was a maybe a, a combination of those two sounds that they were – Gotcha. That's That makes sense to me. New Jack Swing was very – I mean, Philly that. also refers to, like, an attractive young woman. Was it a Detroit-based attractive young woman? Wait, Philly – people that are – attractive women are known as Phillies? When I was growing up, that was a term that was thrown around. Connecticut, also, that didn't travel to my neck. Of no, it's also a female horse. Right. That's, That's where it came sure. from. It's also that. All right, we lost, a lot our, of meanings. We lost our transition. Wes. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Bay Packers with new running back Kristen Michael, and he might get some serious work because God knows they have their issues in the backfield. They travel to Washington, and of course, what we all know, and it's really been the storyline all season, Packers at a crossroads, uh, but never more than right now. Uh, they are now four and five. Uh, they got waxed at Tennessee last week, and then there's the Redskins, who are to me, Wes, they're, they're kind of boring. But you got to give them credit. What? Yeah, a little bit boring. They're, they're just they're kind of just a team that's hanging around. I don't get excited about the Redskins. <laughs> uh, Wes, do you think the Packers will whip on the Redskins? This is an absolute mismatch. 
a Packers secondary that is injury-ravaged and cannot tackle. Mm. Blew so many tackles against the Titans last week. Against the Redskins offense featuring Vernon Davis, Jamison Crowder. You think about, like, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. No, this is the Jamison Crowder show. This is Vernon Davis. And it's also, last week was the first time that it just seemed like a sure thing to me that the Redskins are definitely re-signing Kirk Cousins and bringing this nucleus back with Fat Rob. Interesting. And Jamison Crowder and Vernon Davis and that offensive line that never allows a sack. It's amazing that you're even, and that speaks to Vernon Davis's uh, renaissance here. That you would involve him as a nucleus part in Washington. Well, he's 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 on the in the twilight years, sure, but he's also a native of Washington D.C. Making plays. The season he's having this year, as well as he's fit in this offense, I can't see him not coming back next year. The Redskins, when they have their games where they really shine, Mark loves him. I, I well, I know, I I'm losing track well, of all the teams that Mark loves. I, I didn't mean those to are his actually what no. What is what is probably a little confounding to you is that I've railed against the NFC East for years. Yes. Two of my favorite teams are in the NFC East right <laughs> that now. Is, it is a little confusing. And the Redskins, they have the occasional game where they what it's like. Did you practice this week? But there's <laughs> other weeks where and it's happened. They're five one and one over the last seven games, and it has a lot to do with when they're clicking. Their ground game can run right through teams. We saw that against the Eagles, and I think they're a better team than the Eagles. I really do. And I'll tell you something else. Kirk Cousins, who struggled in the red zone and he had a lot of issues early on, has been much better in the red zone over the past, over that 5-1-1 and stretch. I'm That's, not saying that he's a yeah. perfect character, but Kirk Cousins has eliminated a lot of the mistakes and the things that made him impossible to watch at different times. He's, what is he like? The, he's probably like the 12th or 13th best quarterback, which is fine. That'll get you by. Yeah, that's fine. He's, he's in rhythm. You have to do something creative to disrupt it. And I think good defense is good. I don't think the Packers are a good defense. They might get Clay Matthews back this week, but they don't have much of a pass rush. I think why Dan can get a little bored is like last week is the ultimate Redskins game. It's a, it's a Redskins comeback victory with four field goals in the second half. That was their comeback. Four, right. four field goal drives. I hear you. And I, mean, I get they, it. They won. Well, here's the thing. They, they that's don't kind have, of them. What the Redskins typically don't do is watching a lot of bad teams like we do every week where an offense delivers seven straight punts. They, they, no, they go all. down and they score points. It isn't always a touchdown. And that they've had red zone issues before this winning streak here. But I just think in general when they're clicking, they're, they're, they're averaging over 400 yards per game. And it's not junk time. Yardage. Junk time. Junk time. Oh, well, by the way, I think we all got a lot of tweets about this. Uh, We did not know where this came from. If you watch Adult Swim, there's a television. What's it called again, Sid? Uh, It's called Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. It's actually co-created by the guy that uh, created Community. Let's hear what they what their sounds like. Ooh wee. Okay, so that's what it's from. Just little housekeeping. Little host housekeeping. Good job, Dave. I mean, do do the four of us look like we have endless amount of time to watch comedy? Central. You know what? When I was in my 20s, I used to watch a lot of uh, Adult Swim, but you know what? You, you start to lose track of Adult mm-hmm. Swim at a certain point. Yeah, you do. Remember Two Angry Beavers? I don't remember Rick and Morty. Aqua Teen Hunger Force was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Second. Liked it all. Not, I loved not Wait, was that the one with the meatball and the milkshake? Yes. <laughs> and Carl? Carl. I loved Carl so much. <laughs> uh, we're old. Okay. Wow, Last the, game. The Packers are so sad. We don't even talk about you know that. We just assume they're going to go to How about this? And win, win us back. Yeah, win us back. Win a game. That's a good start. Finally, Houston at Oakland from Mexico. 
the show to them. By the way, I thought there was going to be some we, song. I thought uh, we'd get some sound there. Or uh, something. Yeah, no, maybe no. you could add it, add it in post. Something. Uh, we don't want to do anything. It no, could don't. be seen as offensive. No, the stadium when when on Monday Night Football this past week when they showed the stadium, that thing looked like it was about to fall down. <laughs> Come back to a stadium. Dan says immediately after saying, we don't want to put anything offensive in. I'm just saying, uh, did anybody else catch this? Well, I did I not see it. Okay. In fact, I, I refused to comment. I wasn't paying close attention, but it didn't catch my eye, really. Maybe it's I a did beautiful facility. I, I don't know. I see it. I don't want to step on any t- – apparently it's a very sensitive topic. I don't get the sense that you were one of the you know 50 or so NFL media people that lobbied to go to this game. You seem completely uninterested. Henry Hodgson I'm cool there. with um, – you know, not. Yeah. Go- I got a lot of stuff going on. That's true. You just had a child. Oh. Not the time to cross, you know, international borders. No. Anyway, Houston at Oakland on Monday night. Um, hey, uh, maybe uh, they'll leave Brock Osweiler over the border if he keeps oh. playing like this. <laughs> and now that I brought <laughs> Monday night up, it does remind me. Uh, that was good, Greg. Um, Mike Tirico. <laughs> The great Mike Trigo, who did 10 years on Monday Night Football on ESPN, will be doing the next three Sunday uh, night football engagements. Uh, that includes, well, it's a Sunday night telecast, but also the Thanksgiving game, I believe, uh, giving essentially 72-year-old Al Michaels a bye week, which you can do when you're Al Michaels. Oh, listen, I, I like the idea of whenever there's two positions, have three people that can do the job so that you can rotate people out. <laughs> and It would be, you know... What if there was a fifth person on this show that allowed us to take three-week breaks? Almost like it's Connie Fox. She is. Saying, Connie Fox is Mike Tirico of this show in a way. Well, Which, you're saying that you, you, you would run someone else who essentially does the same job as you to be Mike Tirico sitting on the sideline while you do the job. That seems like it would be when a little When I was 72? Sure. Well, you just framed her as the current Mike Tirico in this situation. Your hero. Someone that's a great talent that is underappreciated or deserves more time. I totally agree well, that I think she so is. I just said it makes your butt a little hot that Mike Tirico is <laughs> sitting right outside behind the glass. She might be hosting a show next week, right? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I don't think so. I believe, I believe in me, Mark. And if you believe in yourself, you don't even have to listen to anybody else. That's a little lesson. Including the commentary that you you came up with the situation. What did Tony Romo say? When you confront anyway. the man in the mirror, you yeah. don't have to worry about the man across from you. Mm. By the way, from the Tony movie, spoke from to the movie Platoon, by the way, he did not craft those words on his own. Was it really? You were yes, clearly. I had a good friend uh, text me say that this, love Tony Romo, was a huge Tony Romo fan, but he did not author that himself. Probably should have cited that. Wait. This was Charlie You Sheen. have this on good authority? It is from the movie Platoon. That's fine to use a it absolutely is fine. quote or something. Yeah, but maybe you should cite the source. That's all. <laughs> Stop. Uh, as I said, imagine if he had just stopped. Uh, that's from Platoon, by the way, guys. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's a hard moment to do it. I'm not saying he should have. When he becomes the talk of the country and like Savannah Guthrie and Al Roker are talking about it on the Today Show and it, everyone thinks it's coming from your brain. I didn't think you were uh, – Clued into the. It's in my house. With the, That's when I knew it was a huge story. I'm going out the door on Wednesday morning. And you got Roker and Carson Daly and Guthrie breaking it down. So you know it's big. Mm. Are What's they quali- are they qualified show? to break that down? Of course not. Good election for Carson Daly. Got Billy Bush right out of there. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, the, the Raiders are seven and two, flying high, uh, coming off their bye week. So plenty of time to prepare a, a battle plan for Brock Osweiler, who Greg unfortunately they probably don't need was a plan. Brought. Yeah, so what happens here, Mark Sessler? I don't see this going towards Houston at all. And, I, you know, there is a, a sneaky narrative, which is not entirely fair. 
that the Texans passed on Derek Carr twice. I've heard this in That's mul- so unfair. Well, I, I've heard it in multiple places, and that the Texans had to come out and say well. that what is the guard Sua Fila? That they prefer they were the, they, yeah, would, they, would stick with, they would stick with that pick still that they would not take Derek Carr. Well, they but needed a quarterback badly at they the really time. Did. They really did. They drafted Savage, right? They did oh. later later on. Tom Savage is real. Fast forward to the Browns in three years talking about uh, Carson Wentz in that manner. Well, or Derek Carr, by the way, or Teddy Bridgewater, or fill in the blank. They're not that narrative doesn't begin there. But the problem is, you still have Brock Osweiler now for a ton of money. It's an insane amount of money, and his where he is at this point in the season, you could not have sat down in August and with a pen and paper scripted a more nightmare beginning to his t- career with the Texans, statistically, but also Tom just the only thing from the eye test is if they were three and six, not six. And right. Three. So they can still because they're winning. He, he gets a little more rope and things are not as dire as the he does. The he does, because I think probably in that stadium where they've won over and over, the fans are happy to see that from a team perspective. But what was it? The DVOA that you pointed out that the, the, the what the Texans really are right now is just not they're not going to hold up. They're the 30th team in the league. You know, overall, I think, and and they look like that because they're trying to hide their quarterback. There was three or four plays last week against Jacksonville where they didn't try to get a first down on third and long. It's like, come on, what are you doing here? They also knew that Blake Bortles was on the other side of the field. Right. That's fair, but you're trying to hide him. There was one play that really got me going. It was was seemingly a Hail Mary type of play at the end of the first half where where Osweiler – rushed the throw, threw it after like a second and a half and threw it 15 yards out of bounds, like, you know, not anywhere near DeAndre Hopkins. I'm thinking this guy's his mind is scrambled. What? All of his sideline throws have no hump on them. They're all line drives with no touch, and it doesn't give a DeAndre Hopkins a chance. This is, this is how they scored their three touchdowns last week. Pick six, a 45-yard run by Lamar Miller set them up right by the goal line, and then a long Tyler Irvin punt return set them up on the goal line. There are no drives. Yep. Osweiler isn't driving the ball down the field. He's lucky that he's getting the ball in the red zone due to the other players on his team. And they are one of these teams that we just talked about. That is, you'll, you look at some of their game charts, game to game, four or five straight punts, and he has he is averaging 17.7 passes passing yards per game. That is like Pop Warner high school level football. That's an insane low number. It's last in the league. I, you, they are hiding him. Yeah. And it's just like how— He had nine straight incompletions at one point last week. You're, hey, you're going to have to hide him. And now you're here. playing a, a Raiders yes. team. Uh, Damashek has just informed me that points are going to be docked off of Hans' pie if we don't get out of here soon. Well, you know what? We're almost done here. <laughs> and that, that, I'm just the messenger. Don't don't let Dave break into the podcast again. <laughs> wow. Don't worry about Some podcast pie. heat. And we're talking about we're Dave Damashek's pie off, of As course. Okay. Everyone should check it out. It's the biggest tradition at NFL Network. It is the fifth annual pie off. I'm very excited. I have my mother-in-law coming. It's going to be tremendous. You are a former winner. Uh, two-time champion. Two-time. Yeah. Looking to get Two-time. back. I'm looking for the third title in four years. Wow. See, Dave got a plug out of it. We should uh, maybe it was all part of his plan. We should give the Raiders a little love here. Although yeah. this is the first time in what fifteen years that they're kind of coming off a real high. They're coming off the bye. They're coming off a huge win. Everyone's told them how great they are. So you want to see them come out and kind of handle it well. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Everybody got the Raiders in this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just can't trust that offense in Houston. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Good potting. We will be back on Sunday night to recap all the games that we just previewed. You see how the wheel uh, uh, spins. 
that's how it works. Um, but uh, until then, it's time to get in the pie battle. Very excited about this. Let's <laughs> Good go. luck to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sid, Sid's still with us, and that's a good thing. This is Dan Hansis signing <laughs> off for the Sizzler. Uh, the mailman, the boss, <laughs> and La Sid behind the glass. Save Sydney. Brady Bunch had a cliffhanger in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Greg got, uh, like, snowed under by a giant-ass wave. And it was like, oh, is Greg dead now? And then it was like, to be continued. Your knowledge of TV cliffhangers is all encompassing. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.